Hello, hello. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Hello, mga Soma Artists. This is your Soma Arte 1. And this is your Soma Arte 2. Oh, shit. What's up, mga Hampas <laughs> Yes. Oh, my God. So, welcome back to our second episode. My God. It's, it's been a while. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, ang tagal na. Like, so many things happened. I know. Oh my god. A lot of things happened ever since our last upload. Um, let uh, me know. Hopefully you guys say? are staying safe. Especially oh, yes. now that uh, Corona, Miss Rona is spiking again. Yes, she's back. And she's ready. <laughs> but we are not ready. <laughs> so, you know, let's just try to really follow those safety protocols and, you know, wear a mask. Um, it will help. Yeah. Like, I know it's, like, an inconvenience, but we gotta, we gotta do it. Like, <laughs> a lot yes. of people are dying. <laughs> but, you know... Today, we promise that we'll be starting off with some fun facts. So, Soma Arty 2, do you want to start us with our first fun fact of the day? Yes. Okay, so according to a study from Ateneo University in Manila <laughs> uh, in 2001, so 7 million Filipino migrant workers, mostly who are like, you know, female and domestic like helpers work in the Middle East, other parts of Asia, Europe, and North America. So, do you yes. have anything? Oh, yeah. So, for mine, um, um, since our topic, actually, we didn't even introduce our topic, but we'll say it after this. But, anyways, it relates to our topic um, about some sort of migration here and there. But, um, Regarding like the Philippines and uh, the remittances, you know how how many percent it accounts for like the Philippine GDP bank. So basically, like their latest um, study was on twenty eighteen, um, and in twenty eighteen, ten point twenty two percent was how much GDP. That was how much the Philipp- was how much remittances was part of the Philippine GDP. Um, and just to think about it, like uh, the world average in 2018 also, uh, that was based on 170 countries, uh, was 4.93%. So you can really tell how much, you know, how much the Philippines really relies also on like remittances. I mean, I feel like there's always a Filipino family out there just trying to send money somehow every day. Anyways, so our topic as promised from the end of our last episode is pretty much like the effect of the diaspora in Pinoy culture. Yes. Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I feel like if you're Filipino-American, Filipino, or you were not, you were born here in the U.S. or you were born in some other part of the world, you're Filipino, and then you still have a Filipino identity, you are still part of that diaspora. 
Yeah. For those who don't know, what is like, oh yeah, the vocab word of the day. Uh, okay, I'll say it. <laughs> so pretty much, diaspora is just you know like a scattered population, according to Wikipedia, <laughs> whose origins lie in a separate geographic locale. So pretty much, yeah. like we said earlier, you know, with a lot of Filipinos migrating to like other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. And also, just to give more, you know, definitions out there, according to dictionary.com, <laughs> diaspora is also the dispersion of any people from their original homeland. Um, you know, leaving, for example, the Philippines or the US or maybe leaving the Philippines as an OFW and going to Saudi. Yeah. We want to start off today, you know, with kind of like just us talking about our immigration story. With my story, how do I go? Um, should I go MMK? Yes, dear Atacharo. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, well, basically, yes, I was born in the Philippines, uh, born and raised, but then grew up more in the US. I left the Philippines when I was. I don't even know how, what age is first grade. Uh, <laughs> what age is that even? Six. Six, or seven? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I left, yeah, I left the Philippines when I was around six to seven years old. Um, and then I, uh, mainly because my dad has decided to kind of stay here in the, in San Francisco, in the U.S., like this is where he got his permanent job, um, and he's been working abroad a lot before, even before I came and like, you know, saw this world. <laughs> um, yeah, we, um, the one was really fulfilling the financial needs of the family by going abroad. Um, so when uh, I guess I grew up a bit. Uh, there were plans that my mom and I will join him in the U.S. Um, so he uh, he petitioned us, and you know I came here first with my mom, and then my siblings followed since they were over age already. So you know if you're over 21 or 21, you're kind of like when you're trying to petition those uh, those you know your children that are over 21 or. They, it's a little bit harder because they're not in the minor ages anymore, yeah. which is easier. It's easier to get them when they're in the minor. They're a minor still. Um, so I was the first one to go here with my mom. Um, and, you know, it's not just for the reason of also joining my dad, but also um, I think like every, every Filipino that goes abroad, it's basically just to really find better opportunities. Um, and I think that goes into how even our parents, you know, they do these things because they think that it will be beneficial for us, for our future. Um, You know, in the Philippines, like, life is hard. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, it probably has evolved, maybe, uh, but, you know, there are still some things that are, there are still some things that still need improvement, right? Um, So, yeah, we came here in the, my opportunities and also my parents were thinking about I guess my educational um, 
what do you call this, future. Um, you know, they see it as also like when you complete your studies in the U.S., you land a job right away. Um, <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> but that is not really true. Um, I think it was it was possible before, yeah. but if we're talking about now, and even the situation right now with coronavirus, like Miss Rona is not letting anyone get employed. <laughs> like she is literally stalling the economy. <laughs> She is getting people uh, fired. Yes. I, I know when I came here, I was, you know, people would kind of make fun of my accent still because, you know, when they say you're a fob, you're like fresh off the boat because you just came from like the Philippines or like an Asian country or whatever. And English was not my second, uh, it was not my first language. It was my second language. It was taught in my school um, in the Philippines. Um, but it wasn't like, I was like, how I sound now. Um, of course, like with any story about migration, there's assimilation that has to come up. You know, this, this big word. Yes, um, we'll we'll explain assimilation a little bit because I don't want to go over yet because I want some more artists to talk about her. You know, her role in the diaspora. Yeah, you know, there's always that kind of like identity loss somehow when you're trying to assimilate. Um, but luckily, I, I as I told you all, Soma. It, uh, Filipino National Heritage District. We um, finally in 2016 we got that. Uh, there's a lot of Filipinos here, and I think I was thankful that I was able to be a Soma resident, mainly because I was able to still touch on my roots and not forgetting that I I am a Filipino and I'm proud of it, um, and I shouldn't forget my native tongue just because I'm in a different country. Um, you know, uh, and even the Philippines, they the two, like, I feel like official languages we have are English and Filipino, but Tagalog. So we're taught to speak English. Um, I feel like, I don't know, you know, there's still that power behind speaking English. And that's still like a yeah. classes, more like classes thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like in the Philippines, like if you always, you know, if you hear you speak English, like, wow, you're like rich, you're like, you're, if you think about it in the food sense, you're like fine dining. You're like gourmet. <laughs> but like, but like, if you're trying to speak Tagalog, like you know, like they think it's more of like, you know, turo turo in the streets. Like when you're eating quick quick or like <laughs> street food lang. You know, street food. Yeah, we're street food level. Like you know, Hepa Lane. So like, <laughs> that's what you know. It's just like this is how it's ingrained. You know, colonial mentality and shit like that. But, you know, I guess I was able to hone my English skills here in the U.S. because I had no choice but to keep speaking English because that is the official or the main language here in the U.S. But at the same time, I'm grateful that I was also not able to forget my Tagalog because Tagalog was spoken at home. I think it was something my parents were really strict about. Like, they don't want me to forget my native tongue, uh, which I'm really happy I didn't forget it because I feel like it's a loss uh, being bilingual. There's studies out there that when you're bilingual, um, you know, kids get smarter, you know, learning a different language makes you a very, I feel like you're open to the world. Um, um, that was like my immigration story. Never forget your roots, people. How about you, Soma Arbitu? So mine, um, so my uh, maternal grandfather, my Lolo, uh, fought in World War Two, 
in like America's side. And I think back in the 80s, they did um, this announcement on the newspaper where it was like if you were a Filipino veteran who like, you know, fought with the U.S., back in World War Two, like, you would be able to come to, like, the United States and become a citizen. So that's what my Lola did, and he brought, like, my Lola with him, and they both became U.S. citizens. And, you know, they petitioned us to come here. That, uh, what, what did Trump call it? That chain migration. <laughs> Well, it's not really, it doesn't work like that. Um, so this petition took like 20 years, I think. So it didn't show up until like the early 2000s, like 2006 or seven. So when I was in like second or third grade, um, my mom and my other titos like, they were planning to come to the U.S. And at the time, my dad already passed away and they found out that my mom was just leaving me behind. So America was like, you know, no child left behind. So they also... Oh my God. I know. Hashtag no child left behind. You know, that's their policy. Um, so they decided that they were also gonna give me a visa and the whole like application process started for me to to come here and it was a long process like i don't know if you, you have to get tb tested yeah you have to get tb <laughs> tested and it turns out my mom was allergic to the test and they thought she had tb like it was this whole thing oh my god but anyways, it happened. So when I was in fourth grade, I think um, that's when I had to like drop out of school and then we had to move here in San Francisco, um, you know, right by the Soma district, not exactly in Soma, more yeah. of Tenderloin area, just across the street. <laughs> it's just a few blocks away. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was my uh, experience. And then obviously I didn't have as much of an accent. <laughs> Thank God, because I would have been so bullied. Like <laughs> all of my classmates were white. Like <laughs> would have been really bad for me. But I mean, not that there's anything wrong if you have like, you know, a more like quasi accent. But um, I did because my... Lolo and Lola both worked um, in the U.S. You know, I was lucky enough to be able to, you know, go to private school and learn, like, quote-unquote, like, proper English. And, you know, when I got here, like, you know, when you're young, it's so much more easier to assimilate into the culture because at school, like, you see, like, you have to, like, dress a certain way to be considered cool or to at least like fit in i know when i was going to school a lot of people were giving me shit for like bringing 
like Filipino food, whatever, like for lunch. And I ended up just like, it got to the point where it was just like, oh, maybe I'll just buy on like a sandwich or something. A sandwich with, with ham? Yeah, with like ham <laughs> and like mayonnaise. Like, yes. Basically, like, you know, it's just like, what the fuck? Like, why do we have to feel ashamed about our food? Like, I like that adobo on my rice. <laughs> yeah, but uh, honestly, it was just that. Um, fuck, I don't know what else to say. And I guess, like, for a time, it's like, okay. in no, middle school, in middle school, I remember a lot of since some some Arthur one and I went to the same middle school, a lot, of, <laughs> which is you know where we became friends. Yeah. A lot of the people we went to, like definitely, like we were all pretty much like, um, trying too hard to be like, you know, like sounding like hello whitewashed, even though there was yeah. like that strong, like accent. <laughs> in the background and I don't know like there was just kind of just like that embarrassment that was like oh like oh you're hella fobby like like and I don't know why that was happening but it did and for a time like I did act like that and once I got to high school I was like why why was I so ashamed of this like you know, like, that's my culture. That's what I, like, grew up in. Like, you know, so what if they don't like the smell of, like, sinigang, like, and chicken adobo? Like, that's hella bomb. Like, now it's all Filipino food is, like, quote-unquote trendy now. Like. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that ube pandesal with cheese. Oh, my like, God. <laughs> Like, we knew that stuff already, like, you know, we knew the wonders of pandesal ever since we were in the Philippines. That was breakfast every day. Yes, it was. You put your egg in there, yeah, egg or cheese, your your Eden cheese. My God, pancit canton. Pancit? Pahit yung pancit? My God. My God, that's so good. Like, all you need is, like, (laughs) that was the broke Filipino life. All you need is pancit canton and, like... Not, but even that, if Miss Rona didn't kill you, like <laughs> <laughs> your high sodium from Pancit Canton will, like, but yeah, <laughs> that's that's pretty much my story. Yeah, so what you said, like, you know, in high school, you started to go kind of self reflect and, like, oh, why did I do that? Um, that's my culture, why should I be ashamed? You know, I think it's something that comes after. Like, you know, because this whole thing is a process. Um, and just, like, really trying to... I guess that was your first step into, like, what do you call this? Decolonizing. Wow. Wow. Um, Decolonizing myself. Yes. Yes. I, I should have been comfortable bringing in... in my Tupperware with, like, either sinangag with, like, I don't know, longganisa and like my fried egg or like yes. or like if you're gonna bring your sinigang with your like sitaw and 
tangkong, your kamatis, like, get that sour soup in your mouth. Like, what do you call yung parang pinaglaki, pinaglakihan na natin, like, something that we grew up with? Yeah, like, yeah. what we were raised in. Wow, Filipino woke up on the day, pinaglakihan. <laughs> yeah, that's what Tagalog word of the day. Yes. So, can we all say, pinaglakihan? Mm, so like I mentioned earlier, people, some aren't the one and I went to middle school with, like, a lot of them, since it was in the Soma district, a lot of them were, you know, like, recently, like, from the Philippines, and, you know, their pa- they came here with their parents, and I guess since there was, like, so much pressure of like trying to blend in with like the current culture and I guess also like most of our teachers were white um yes yes uh, or I guess you know even though our you know the population in the Soma was Filipino mostly Filipino majority Filipino um our schools were not that much Filipino, I guess, except for the student body. Yeah, and it was just, I don't know, it got to the point where, like, now I bump into these people in school or at Starbucks. They're just like, oh, you know, like, what's up? And then, like, some of them have, like, dyed their hair blonde, or, you know, not that there's anything wrong with dyeing your hair blonde, it's just it wasn't that good. <laughs> Like, not to throw shade, but some of those people did not look good. I, <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, we're middle schoolers, so we were experimenting a lot. You know, we were going through a lot of phases. Yeah, like, oh, my God, there was so much angst and drama in middle school. Yeah, like, everyone was trying to get themselves out there, that's why, so... Yeah, we all some one way or another trying to get out of that situation. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know how to. Should we segue on like <laughs> something else? Um, I guess like with um, when we talk about assimilation, like I, it's not like I'm trying to say it's bad because I mean sometimes we do, but. I think it just depends on the process of assimilation. Like, if the assimilation process means, like, erasing your identity or what you were born into, then that's a little bit, uh, I would say, like, okay, you should be doing that. Like, um, I would say it's kind of more like being open to another environment or culture without forgetting where you came from. Um, I think when we're trying to also establish our identity, because in middle school, where it was like, I think, especially for those newcomers, um, or you know who just newly immigrated to the U.S., like it's already hard going to a school. I mean, it's already got hard going to America, yeah. but it's hard also going to a school starting fresh, and you know English is spoken in America, so you're kind of thinking a lot of things in your head, like what do I do like like 
I can't be speaking Tagalog then I have or Filipino or whatever language you speak in the Philippines if you're Bicolano or Kapampanga or whatever um, like you're gonna be thinking like um, okay I'm just gonna do English and then sometimes when the pressure of speaking English like what, what some artists we talked about earlier is like that pressure turns into something that I feel like becomes toxic for ourselves because you're like okay I'm not gonna speak Tagalog or whatever um, language I spoke in the Philippines because it's not even useful here anymore. Um, and, you know, that's why I think that the idea now is like, how can we also, what I think in a sense now, how, how can we also help um, those students to become aware that it's okay that we don't speak, we speak broken English or, you know, like, and that it, you know, and how okay, how good it is that they stick to their um, uh, own cultures that they were born into. Because um, being when you come to America, it doesn't mean you have to act like an American. Um, when you come to America, it's about um, showing diversity. I feel like uh, because this country was not really, it was built by people of color. <laughs> um, it was, uh, I mean, just look at our history, the U.S. history. I mean, we've mentioned this in episode one. Um, there's just a lot of things that's deep in the text that's not really shown, even in schools. Um, so I really hope, like, you know, that's why I guess for those people, assimilation, it kind of meant just really forgetting about their native tongue, maybe where they came from. Um, but hopefully, like, you know, now they probably had like the idea, the sense of, oh, I shouldn't have done that because I should be proud about it. Right? So more articles. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, pretty much like, you know, there's nothing wrong with like trying to fit in. It's just you shouldn't. To sum it up, like you know, they're like you know, our people have like uh, their own history, and you know, you shouldn't like kind of I guess toss it aside or mm-hmm. like let it slip to the back of your mind. Cause they're, like there's still that's still like a part of your identity pretty much Mm -hmm. and i guess like just to tie in like with like oh how does it even relate to diaspora like a lot of filipinos are up to this day are just moving um either moving or like flying out in different country and um it's like it even feels like this is part of the, the philippine economy and how to even lift our the Philippines, like how I talked about um, how much of uh, of remittances account for um, the GDP of the Philippines. You know, if we didn't have that, I feel like it wouldn't, I, I don't know, I feel like it's a big contributor to like how well the Philippines is doing because um, a lot of our Filipinos are OFWs or like they're settling in a different country because that's where the opportunity is. And they also have to send... They have family left behind in the Philippines, so they have to send the money if needed. So, you know, you're seeing that 
even though also we're in a different country, there is still a connection with the homeland. It's like you never left the Philippines because you always, you know, I think in Filipinos, we always think about um, family um, and how we can help, you know, the folks that we left in, in our motherland. And, you know, sometimes there are those Filipinos that can't even go home because they're busy saving up just to send money to their loved ones in the Philippines. Um, so <clears throat> I guess it's a good segue too. Like, don't you think to like, what are like the positives or like negatives of Philippine migration? Don't you think so more? Yes. Cause you know, like, I guess with what you mentioned, like back in the Philippines, like it's a lot of our kababayans, yeah. uh, like you know, they're struggling because of poverty, and you know, like it's not like here where it's like you can go to like high school for free, or if there even is like. Uh, high school or elementary in like the province that they live in like mm -hmm. I'm sure a couple of you guys who are listening like you always hear that story of like your parents being like yeah I had to walk two miles to go to school then, mm -hmm. like and it's like I feel like you know even and they're like, walking. They're not even walking, um, like, flat, like, what do you call that? Yeah. Um, they're just like, I crossed the road. river. <laughs> I crossed the river. Or, like, a hanging bridge that's, like, about to break any time. Or even, like, they don't even wear chinelas because yeah. they don't have enough money. Or, like, they spend that money on the uniform of that school and school supplies. Yeah, and, like, you know, being here, like... Our parents, like, you're just like, oh, my God, we're struggling here, too. Like, why do you need to send back money? Like, why can't they make their own money? And I feel like, you know, being, like, a migrant worker, like, that's kind of, like, you doing your part. Like, being a send, like, sending those, like, remittances. Like, that promotes trade and foreign mm -hmm. investment, right? Yes, yes, wow. <laughs> yes. And also it maintains political uh what do you call this? Um there's a word like keeping that political peace <laughs> between countries. Like yeah. it, it has some political backing into it too. Um, you know, and also like like when you mentioned, like again, um the Inter like international migration of the Filipinos like could be seen as a double-edged sword. Um, you know, it could be a blessing and a curse. Um, I believe that, you know, in one end, like we talked about, it helps, them, you know, when they go out and look for opportunities somewhere else so that they can uh, help their families in the Philippines. But you're also severing ties. Not severing ties in the sense that you're actually, you know, like forgetting people. I mean, it does happen sometimes, but most of the time it's like, you have to live in a country where it's the environment is different, the language is different, the people are different. It's not something you grew up with. And you just kind of like jump started into that when, uh, um, 
and all you have in your head is just trying to make money so that you can bring it back to the Philippines. And I think in that sense, it's like it puts that person who's trying to work hard in a different country in a, in a I don't know. I, I feel like in a disadvantage because, like, what if they need, you know, they need someone to, you know, take care of them when they get sick, but they don't have anyone, um, you know, especially if they come here alone. Um, yeah. um, sometimes, like, you know, for example, like, the typical, I feel like, I don't know if it still happens now, but usually it's like, you know, the male figure, the family goes out and like goes to the to another country to do that, um, you know. It and then they have children, but the child is not was born when the dad was not there. You know, it kind of causes like some weird family, like not issues, but like you know maybe some struggles because you know like the dad then has to come back and like oh my son or daughter doesn't even know me. Um, but I mean, with technology now, um, I think it's easier, but you know, it's still different if you're, you have them, you know, you have both your parents together, um, in person, but yeah, I mean the positive, I'm just telling y'all like, you know, dollar remittances to the the Philippine economy is like pretty good. Yeah. That's like Uh, 50 pesos to a dollar. Yes. Um, sometimes even um, what uh, fifty four depends. It really depends on the how well it's going. Um, it can go up to fifty four for a dollar, um, but I think um, there was a study on the diaspora philanthropy. This is an experience. Um, uh, there was they were talking about how um, in most of the the age group that usually goes and leaves the Philippines to seek economic opportunity somewhere else is like from ages 25 to 44. So like, I think 25, what, in the Philippines, it's like you're probably done with college. No? Is it or is it earlier? I don't know. I think I think usually like you know if you're I think early twenties in the Philippines you're done with yeah yeah college. I think it's earlier but now like oh because they implemented middle school right yeah okay so now probably twenty five is like when they're done with college for maybe maybe or a little earlier so around that age is like you know, yeah twenty three twenty four ish um you know like that age group. If they, you know, if they can't find the opportunity in the Philippines, they're probably more exposed to like international opportunities. Which also, I feel like, you know, they think it's good for them if they also want to come back to the Philippines and just settle there instead of, you know, working in a different country. You know, get that experience abroad because, you know, if you're in the Philippines and you have experience abroad, they look at that really good. I think in any country, if you have experience abroad, like you know, they're like, oh wow, that's cool. Um, it's a big plus on your resume or whatever. Um, and there's also some statistics behind like this too so um, this study was also like written in 1995 and it was estimated that 40 to 44 percent of Filipino workers abroad had college degrees versus 20 percent of domestic workers 
So, you know, um, what is like a popular uh, job that a lot of Filipinos go, uh, go for when they come to a different country for, uh, for opportunities? Like usually, you know, some people in the Philippines are probably what? Nursing majors. <laughs> like nursing majors. And then they come here, they probably do some health, health-related work. You know, yeah. a lot in the ano about the domestic workers. We have a lot of Filipino domestic workers. Yeah. <clears throat> Sometimes even in um, education, teachers. I I feel like um, there are a lot of teachers. So it really depends, but you know, with the whole thing in the Philippines, like how they find that nursing is like the money-making major. So they come here, they either try to become a doctor or like an RN. Yeah. But I guess to, I, to kind of wrap it up, you know, like sometimes with like our parents, like, you know how like, when you're going back to the, or you know you're taking a trip to the Philippines that way that's what you say right like oh we're gonna go to the Philippines right we're gonna go to this so-and-so province but then when they say it it's like oh like we're going back home and I think that's so beautiful like honestly mm. yes but you know it's just the excitement you feel when you say I'm going back home like you know you're actually going back home. <laughs> you know, like, although you've established your home away from home, nothing beats the heart of the Philippines. <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh my god, I think that's a copyright. I think that's, like, from the file, like, wait, I think it's from the file, like, uh, what do you call that, tagline? <laughs> oh <laughs> Yeah, nothing, like, you go ahead, pal. Nothing beats uh, the Filipino. Okay. Just wrap up this episode. <laughs> Sponsored by. Uh, I know, pal naman. Mga pwede mga sponsor dyan. My God, ang dami na sinabi nyo sa pagka-OFW. Airlines. Yes, Philippine Airlines. Mabuhay at tuloy po kayo. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, um, to all our Philans, Filip- or our, our Filipino community out there, you know, just when you have the chance, I mean, even if you weren't born in the Philippines, you know, um, go to the Philippines and, uh, you know, experience, you know, our motherland. Nothing beats the motherland. Yeah. Oh Not right now, though. Not right now. Oh yeah, sorry, not right now. Um, let's just wait till Miss Rona goes away, because um, she's not any. She's not. She's not backing down. <laughs> she's putting up a fight, <laughs> and that's on that. And that's period. She was like, that's on that period. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we, still need, we still need a vaccine. So you know, chill, chill in the house. Um, Watch a virtual tour of the Philippines or something, you know, plan your bucket list. Because me and some artists who are like trying to do that too. Like, we have plans, but we, we, whenever we try to execute them, something happens. Yes. Like, um, this year, Ms. Ronald 
<laughs> yes, this year, Ms. Rona kind of disrupted our plans. Um, so, but good news, we got our money back after what, a few months? <laughs> um, almost four months. My yeah, God. Months. <laughs> and it's, and then it, I don't know, like our case was not even, like, you know, whoever was handling our money back, whatever. Um, you know, our case didn't even have like an agent until like what a few weeks ago, I feel like three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> like wow. Like, you know, Miss Rona disrupted so many vacations. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that was off topic, never mind. But yes, so you know, nothing beats the motherland, heart of the Pinoy. <laughs> it's more fun in the Philippines. <laughs> Yes, it's so fun in the Philippines. Oh my God, tourism department. Hello, extra funding. <laughs> yes, and um, yeah, let's wrap it up. <laughs> okay, so this is it for episode two. Um, oh, wait, we didn't even do the outro. Yeah, we're about to do it right now. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. So that's it for episode two. Yes, that's it. And um, for our next episode, are we going to talk about Black Lives Matter? Yeah, we're going to talk about Black Lives Matter next episode. Yeah. Um, it's good to really touch upon, I, I think, especially in the Filipino community or Filipino community. Um, you know, it's, there's a lot of, like, things that we can talk about there, you know. Um, yeah, so thank you for listening. Um, you know, obviously we have, you can find us on Twitter at, you know, Soma Arte Podcast. Uh, we're also... On Patreon, iTunes, Spotify, anything yes. else? Um, um, for those people that are listening, um, support your support us. <laughs> it's like it's not like we're really like pleading, but like, naman, <laughs> if anything, like you know, drop in a few hundreds. <laughs> But anyways, um, <laughs> okay. So we have to say it now. Okay. Okay. One, two, three. <laughs> oh, so a wise, a wise woman once said. Hey, so let's go now. <laughs> Wait, repeat it, repeat it, let's go do it. Okay. So, go, 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 go. So, a wise woman once said, so my, let's go now? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, one, one two. two, three. A wise woman so once said, so my, Oma, let's go now. Let's go now. <laughs> Oh my god, we're not. Oh one day we're gonna get it right. Yeah, one day. Sorry, we're not coordinated. It's also kind of choppy, the connection. 
<laughs> yeah. See, this is why we need, you know, sponsors. This is only over Zoom. Like, <laughs> yeah. So if y'all can, come on, help us out. Help y'all out. Help me out. <laughs> okay. Bye, y'all. See you next time. <laughs>